0: Hello, everybody. This is the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for July 23rd, 2018. I'm Scott, and I work on CircuitPython for Adafruit. Uh, CircuitPython is an easy-to-use embedded uh, Python programming li- environment. Uh, you can plug in a device; it shows up as a USB drive, and you edit a Python file. It, it you save and and it reloads and runs your code. It's super quick, super easy. Uh, we have this meeting every week at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern uh, on our Discord chat. Everybody is welcome to join. Uh, we don't do live streams uh, to YouTube or anything, though. So if you do want to see it live, join our Discord. To join the Discord, you could go to the URL adafru.it slash discord. Um and then uh, you'll see that both on the left-hand side, the voice chat and the text chat for Circuit Python. Uh, we're in the Circuit Python text chat most of the week, so feel free to stop there and say hi. Uh, we're in the voice chat on Mondays for the meeting. Um, this meeting is recorded, so uh, everybody be aware that you are being recorded. It is posted to the Adafruit YouTube channel, youtube.com/adafruit. Um, along with notes, and the notes include uh, time codes, so if you need to skip around in it, uh, check out the notes for that. Um, I also posted into the text chat a link to the notes, so if you want to follow along uh, to the note-taking, feel free to take a look there. Um, The meeting is structured in four parts. It starts with a state of CircuitPython, which is a quick rundown on stats about uh, the project and, and the related repos. Uh, then we'll go into hug reports, which is a chance to say thank you to, uh, folks for the, the work that they've been doing related to circuit Python. Um, we do that in a round robin format. So I will start and then we'll go down the list of people in the voice chat. Uh, we do that because that gives everybody a chance to say, uh, say something, which is the goal is to include everybody. Uh, people do have the option of, of lurking. So we'll just skip over them. Um, we establish that kind of either in the text chat or uh, beforehand. Uh, after we do Hug Reports, we'll do status updates, which is uh, kind of what you were working on in the last week and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, it just makes everybody aware of what's going on and potentially you can give tips and tricks to other people about what they're working on. So that's cool. Um, and then lastly, we'll have a discussion slash in the weeds section where we talk about any big topics that came up earlier in the meeting um, where we can potentially get into... Nitty gritty technical details or um, all sorts of different types of discussions. So, uh, if you're watching this later, uh, feel free to check the notes and, and skip around to things that are interesting to you. And with that, uh, I'll take a time code and we'll dive into the state of CircuitPython section. Um, my brain can't type and take time codes, so sorry for that. Um, Okay. So State of CircuitPython. This includes the libraries and the newsletter repo. So it's not just Adafruit slash CircuitPython on GitHub. Um, in the last week, as of this morning, uh, we had six pull requests, mer- 16 pull requests merged uh, from five different authors um, who have all contributed before. So thank you, everybody. Uh, and then four reviewers for that as well. Um, I wanted to just do a quick shout out, Arturo182 is now uh, able to do PR merges, so that's super helpful, and and thank you Arturo Um, we've had three, four new PRs in the last week as well Uh, that leaves us with 11 open pull requests, Uh, five of those are on CircuitPython, I didn't get it I usually uh, go through some of them before the meeting and and go through them, but I haven't had a chance to do that, so all of these are open if you're interested to know what those 11 are, uh, check the notes uh, issue wise, we had 11 closed issues by six people and 14 opened by five people. Um, means we're growing a little bit in the number of open issues, but that's not too bad, uh, with a net of three. Um, we still, uh, I keep saying this, but we should take a look at the issues that are open on, uh, libraries in particular, cause I think that number is growing. It used to be that most of those were centralized to the CircuitPython repo, uh, but I think more and more are collecting in the in the libraries, so we should take a look at that. So, if you're interested in helping with that, please check out the um, check out the notes. It's got 138 total open issues that we can use the help for. Um, download stats wise, we don't have an unstable release, so I won't read off download stats for that. But we do have uh, 3.0 came out, I think, just over a week ago. And it has uh, 1,468 total downloads, which is a pretty good number. Um, it's definitely going up quicker than we've seen our unstable releases, as we would expect. And then uh, in terms of which boards are getting the most downloads, by far the Circuit Playground Express uh, is in the lead with 379, kind of followed by um, the Trinket M0 with 175. Um, and seventy-five, and Below that, they're kind of kind of all about the same. So uh, if those numbers are curious to you, you can check the notes and you, you can see it for every board. Um, yeah, and then overall, uh, if I had to summarize what the state of CircuitPython is, is that we're um, three three O's out. Um, we may do a three O one not too far from now because uh, Dan did find an import bug that I had introduced. And so, getting a fix for that might be something we want to do for 3.0. And then, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we did a 4.0 alpha pretty soon because the workflow for the Bluetooth stuff is starting to get there. So, I think, kind of like last time, we'll we'll do an early alpha release and then we'll have a long alpha phase um, as we add all of the APIs for the Bluetooth or for the NRF52840. So yeah, it's exciting. Uh, We're in the early stages of 4.0, which is really fun to experiment and play around with. So we will keep doing that. All right. Well, that is the state of circuit Python. I'll take another time code and jump straight into um, Hug Reports. Uh, Hug Reports is a chance for people to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing within the community. Um, In particular... uh, i lost my train of thought (laughs) i'm a little jet lagged although i should be more awake not less awake um we do hug reports as a round robin so i'll give i'll start and then i usually also read any hug reports that people have asked me to read off because they weren't able to meet miss make the meeting um so i'll do that as well and then uh i'll circle back and brent will be the next person after i do that um so uh, hug reports for myself. I just wanted to, to do a, a big group hug uh, because I've been out since Wednesday. I uh, was in Michigan visiting my fiance's family and uh, Katney and I had lunch as well. So I, I've been kind of off the grid. I'm getting caught up now. I'm caught up on the on the discord chat and I just saw everybody being super welcoming. A lot of new folks came in and that's very exciting. So uh, thank you everybody for being welcoming and supportive to everybody new who came in while I was gone and, uh, and really covering for me. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. So that I'll just do a group hug for myself. And then uh, we had one uh, person who wasn't able to make it three bits. Who's also new to the community. Uh, made sure they went on vacation as well, but wanted to do hug reports and status updates. So uh, 3Bits, actually, let me take a time code. It says, uh, thanks to everyone who's helping to reduce the barriers which slow or prevent a new user from getting their first project up and running. Um, So that was from 3Bits, hug report to everybody for doing that. Um, As you know, it's one of our main goals, so... Uh, that's awesome to hear that they they understand that. Um, Brent, how about you?
1: Um will report to uh, Cater for helping me with the uh, ADC libraries the past week and putting up with me going through different iterations of it. Um, super helpful. And ask him about anything to do with ADCs. He's got it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, Carter, how about you?
2: um welcome back and i'll go with just a group of this week
0: okay uh dan hi um yeah
3: welcome back and uh i missed wishing you happy birthday verbally so <laughs> a little belated but that's uh happy birthday definitely and okay. also thanks this week i'd say to arturo for continuing a lot of work on the nrf port and also uh, a new person, uh, the guitar guy or DA guitar guy mm-hmm. who characterized the import, uh, slow import problem, which was very helpful.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Um, Jerry.
4: Um, yeah, you go a group hug everybody for a really good week of... of... Overall progress and, and a special note, uh, thanks to Somersault for his, you know, really, really outstanding work on the on the Discord and on the forums, just being supportive to everyone, especially
0: me. Awesome. All right. Uh, Josh is text only, so I'll read Josh's here. Uh, Josh says, hug report this week to those who have been contributing to all the CircuitPython docs, as they have come in very handy these, this week while do, whilst doing work on EduBlocks for CircuitPython. For those of you who don't know, EduBlocks is Josh's project to do block-based Python programming, um, which is a super cool project. And very excited to have CircuitPython uh, support in the works. Okay, uh, Katni.
5: Hi. So um, hug to Dan for helping me with I2S stuff. Um, I ran into a weird issue, and uh, he helped me figure it out. Um, to Carter and Brent for proofing my guides for me and finding issues with my wiring diagrams. To Phil M for helping me test all my wiring diagrams and my guide stuff. And then to Roy, Dan, and Phil for helping me this weekend. I was working on stuff for my uh, the tutorial that I'm doing at a conference coming up this weekend, um, and they helped me through uh, a bunch of stuff that I was overthinking and um, really helped. Out so thank you very much for
0: that. Awesome, all right. Mike is lurking so we'll go to Summersoft. Summersoft says uh, Jerry N Nis Bravo Delta Radomir and Carter Carter Kater- and <laughs> and anyone I missed for the support they provided this week. It was busy on that front. Congrats to Happy Day for getting sleep working, and Hop Cappy for getting a Python library ported over, and uh, previous hugs plus equals group hug. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, C. Grover, did you? I know you just hopped in. Do you have any hug reports? General group hug. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, yeah, I'll just add the one for myself. Katney again is helping with notes, so uh, thank you, Katney, for letting, uh, removing that burden from me while I'm typing. Considering my uh, my typing speed has been slowed. Um, you are welcome. Thank you. Um, okay, let's move on to status updates. Uh, twelve fifty-seven. Um. Status updates is when we talk about the work that we did in the last week and then kind of what we're planning on doing in the coming week. It's a great way for people to be aware of who's doing what and also provide tips and tricks for people uh, as they do the work that they were planning on doing. Um, For myself, uh, the last week's pretty easy because I was out uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Um, Before that, I had intended on doing some... uh, heap memory allocation stuff, but I got distracted uh, about Bluetooth APIs, and I actually wanted to just drop a link. Um, I came up with this, what I think is a a more Pythonic API for Bluetooth low-energy devices, and I'm looking for feedback for that. So if anybody wants to help um, provide some feedback on Bluetooth programming, uh, take a look at that. Um, I spent Tuesday doing that basically which is right after the meeting Um, and so I'm going to ping Arturo on that again and make sure I get his feedback on it and then uh, I want to finish up this uh, memory allocation stuff because it's basically done but I just haven't gotten it PR'd Um, I think I commented on what it was but it's the idea that you can um, the heap is no longer statically allocated at compile time we actually just Uh, I've added this notion of a supervisor that kind of manages when Python is actually running. And so it will actually just use the remaining memory, depending on like how much we've set aside for the stack and other things, it'll just use the remaining memory for the heap. So we should see our heap sizes actually go up a little bit across the board. Um, And I also want to add the ability of like adjusting stack sizes, um, providing different USB descriptors and, and things like that. So uh, having this more flexible but rudimentary uh memory management outside of the python vm should be should be quite cool so um i'm working kind of in two fronts one is like making making sure the python bluetooth apis are kind of the direction i want to go and then the other side is doing this this groundwork on memory on memory stuff so um that's what i'm working on and i'll read off three bits here um 3Bit said, uh, I spent most of this week working on Rosie CI. I got a free Amazon S3 account so I can emulate the entire production system. Uh, after a fair bit of hacking, I got a local instance running to the point where it was downloading the binaries, but it would not actually run the tests. Uh, my goal for the coming week will be to add more verbose debug statements with timestamps so I can get a better idea of when things are happening and why it's not completing for me. Um, so yeah, three bits was interested in running Rose CI, which is our uh, continuous integration testing on actual hardware. Um, something I just whipped up. So it's pretty unreliable, but three uh, bits is has some background with testing, so I guess they were interested in doing that. So uh, definitely, definitely welcome to get people hacking on that. Okay, uh, Brent.
1: Yeah. So this past week, I um. Oh, let's see if this actually pastes. Yay. Um, I was working on the uh, MCP three oh four three oh eight 308 um, ADC, mm-hmm. uh, which was supposed to be for the Raspberry Pi, but I realized like 20 minutes ago that there's no uh, write read into, so I'm going to add that to Blinka mm-hmm. um, in the next week. And um, But it does work on Circuit Python devices, and that's the PR if anybody wants to do a code review, aside okay. from, of course, Lady Ada. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing a different type of API for this versus the uh, one that uh, Carter did. Um, it's going to be more pin-based than it is channel-based, so kind of abstracting it even more. Hmm. And that's about it. And eventually, once I add this uh, stuff into Blinka and it actually works on Pi, which I thought it would today, we'll update the uh, learning guides for uh, Analog in, analog out for Adafruit I.O. And then we'll move on to the DHT sensors next and servo and cool. just keep keep pushing ahead.
0: Yeah, I think the Blink stuff got a really good reception. And then merging with the I.O.T. stuff you've been doing is really quite
1: exciting. Yeah, there was somebody this morning who was like, I want to do the DHT uh, example for Pi, but it doesn't work on uh, the new I.O. library. I'm like, just wait two weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're <laughs> we'll on it. Yeah, great. Well, that's it's really fun to see that get pushed uh, and made awesome, or more awesome. All right, Carter.
2: Um, nothing specific to a report on status wise. Just generally kind of in hanging out and helping out. But that uh, what Brent just mentioned is kind of interesting because you know he's doing something different API wise. So, once he, that's all wrapped up, I kind of will take a look at what it, that ends up being. And mm-hmm. I think it would make sense to change yep. the uh, ADS stuff to kind of match. Yep. So it all kind of works the same. Because what I did was just something I think you and I may have come up with. I'm right. not sure. But right. It, but no reason why we can't do uh, have them both be the same. And yeah. then the other thing is just kind of looking back at my old code and all this kind of helping Brent out as they're like, oh, here's how I did it. And I go look at it. It's kind of like, oh, ooh, I. <laughs> I could do it better now. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little embarrassing to look at your first pass at a make it a driver. So I kind of want to do some cleanup and okay. everything else in that. So we'll wait and see once the uh, MCP stuff is wrapped up and then cool. I'll probably start doing something like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I mean, don't feel bad. Like, we should expect to evolve things as we have a better understanding of what we want.
2: Right. It's not only API-wise, but, you know, I've got, like, things like assert in there and, <laughs> and just other things that just shouldn't, have been done in the first place yeah. that just kind of need a general cleanup.
0: We're just learning. No big deal.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, Carter. Um, C. Grover says, oh, wait, time code 19. 26. Um, wrapped up CircuitPython Feather M4 Express Eurorack synth design. Ooh. Uh, Gerbers are now parked on Oshpark but waiting for physical components to arrive to double-check mechanical fit. Designed a simple rack power distribution module yesterday. Swiss Army sequencer designed in the formative phase. Front panel designed to commence this evening. We'll be trying a new technique for full-color panel graphics. If it works, I'll let you all know. Oh yeah, and uh, still clearing brush and landscaping despite the blistering sun. Will these yard projects ever end? Um, I think your yard projects end when you get snow, right? Um, that synth stuff sounds really cool. I'd love to talk more about it. Um, I've been thinking a lot about, um, synth APIs, uh, particularly around, uh, sequencing for the gaming handheld. So I'm very curious to see if we can't come up with some APIs that can apply across all of our synth stuff. I know that, uh, old crows done some as well. So, uh, it would be good for us to kind of be in the same line and be able to. Do some really cool things i just ordered a pocket operator for myself uh this morning so it should come later today which is very exciting i got the pocket art operator 20 which is in the arcade module which i th- thought was fitting um thanks you Grover. uh dan
3: um so i'm still i'm finishing up the merge from micropython Upstream, it's still it's just complicated.
5: Mm
3: -hmm. Making sure that it runs. I I got it running on AtMel and then NRF, and then there were some issues with ESP 8266. Mm. Uh, I so I'm not sure uh whether I'll just submit the PR or maybe I'll hand out some UF twos for a few people to try out. Mm -hmm. Um, especially on the more obscure platforms and i did look into that bug where imports are really slow some like exponential <laughs> case where it, the more uh the more um or functions that you define it gets it rapidly gets out of hand <laughs> so I, I have a fix and but scott can look at that too and so, that's pretty much it. Those things those things took a lot of time, both of those.
0: And but what are you doing this week? Continuing finish merge? Up the
3: merge? And uh, there's some utility tasks like getting the bootloader repo into Travis mm-hmm. and getting NRF util into PyPy.
0: Right. Bye. All good things. So that's,
3: yeah, that's what's just just, just lumbering along on that stuff okay
0: yeah and you made all those issues for the nrf stuff as well which was really handy
3: yeah i forgot i did that after i went through the whole source tree and compared what was in the nrf tree with when the atmel tree to see what was really implemented and what wasn't Mm -hmm. and then wrote an issue for everything that wasn't implemented
0: yeah super helpful thanks for doing that you're welcome um all right jeff is lurking so we'll go to jerry
4: um, you know, I spent a bunch of time earlier in the week on this this funny little problem with the AM2320 sensor on NRF32, and it, you know, uh, it, it turns out it looks like the, everything's actually working the way it's designed to work, and it's just that that sensor has a little funky wake-up system that isn't mm. completely compatible with the way the ITC library works. Mm. Um, um, you can't scan it; it won't respond to a scan, but it works fine on on the Atmel boards. When you actually just talk to it, because they do a retry. Um, basically, the first, the first, the first access to the thing gets thrown away, hmm. uh, and it wakes up, and then it responds. So, if you retry, you're fine. But on the NRF52, that isn't in yet. Um, so, um, but Arturo's on that, and he's he's anxious to fix it. Cool. Uh, so that's to bring that sensor online. Uh, I don't know if, in the long run, we want to do anything about the way it works or, or not. My my sense is probably not, because it it functions. It's just a little funky. Yeah um and then um yeah oh a a a big finding that's been driving me crazy for a while is that i've never been able to get mu to work properly on a ubuntu 1604 machine Mm -hmm. it works on 1608 and there was a problem with it it turns out that if you if you upgrade to cert to python 3.6 on an ubuntu 1604 machine you can use Mm mu don't you probably can't um Similarly, on the uh, Blinka, I ran into it. There was a problem earlier in the week. I spent a lot of time upgrading all my my Raspberry Pis to Python 3.6, um, which takes a really long time because you have to hmm. compile it and stuff. And it turns out then Brent fixed that, so it, it's really not necessary anymore. <laughs> it, it, was, it was nice to get upgraded. So yeah. <laughs> it was a good process. Um, to do, uh, I, I saw in the notes that... The uh, the TMP07 library is still just a template. That's why it's giving all those errors. Yeah. Um, I do have a working version. I just need to find time to do battle with Travis and get it get it in there.
0: Okay. And um, that's about it. Cool. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Um. Josh, do you have stuff? I know you're typing only. Uh, Josh says, work this week has been building EduBlocks for CircuitPython and getting more blocks in there, as well as getting the block transparency slider working that uh, Josh and or me and Tan Newt talked about at PyCon, where you can drag blocks or just drag text. Um, I've also been doing my talk for EuroPython, which is on Friday in Scotland, which I'll be talking about EduBlocks on Raspberry Pi and Microbit, as well as an update on CircuitPython. Awesome. Awesome. Um, also been working on Micromag, uh, which is micromag.cc issue 2, which is the microbit magazine. Lots of MicroPython stuff in there, which is exciting. Um, Awesome. Thanks, Josh. And I'm super excited to see your updated talk um, and the block transparency stuff. I'm really curious to see as well. Um, We were talking about that as a way to interact with code um, on a mobile device where you can drag... As if it were blocks, but not have to look at all of the blocks themselves, um, which I'm really curious to see how that turned out. Um, so it'll be soon. Okay, uh, Katni.
5: So, um, worked on both the UDA 1334 and the MAX 98357 I2S Circuit Python uh, guide updates. Um, both of those boards now have circuit python um, examples on the guide um, and that was all tested and taken care of and that's finished up um, I got the EPD e library set to go and published. however I noticed um, as I was scrolling down the notes uh, mm-hmm. that there's some things that are missing from it mm-hmm. um, so I need to take a look at that apparently um, the pixie library is set to go and published. Uh we updated the pixie guide with a circuit python page um, and now I'm working on a new, um, CPX infrared communication guide, um, where we're going to show how to send messages between two Circuit Playground Expresses, cool. um, using IR and CircuitPython. Um, and I spent the weekend working on getting my tutorial ready for Pi Ohio, which is coming up next weekend, um. I flashed and set up 40 circuit playground expresses, which was fun. <laughs>
1: um,
5: <laughs> worked on my slides and also uh, worked on a handout for, I think I'm going to try and do an open spaces, um, as well. And, uh, so I worked on a handout for that cause that worked pretty well at PyCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, so I will be leaving Friday morning, um, for the conference. Okay. Uh, this weekend and otherwise, um, Oh, and I'm going to be updating the audio page on the Circuit Playground Express guide because it's still using the 2.0 API. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. my week.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Katni. Um, Mike and Nis are both lurking, I think. So, Summersoft, you are up. Usually. Yep, there we go. Um, Somersoft says, uh, frequency in module spent the week playing with DFLL on the M4 to try and fix or verify my assumptions on inaccuracies. Thanks to that. And finally stumbling onto the variability listed in the data sheet for DFLL open loop. I'm 99.2% sure that th- that is the culprit as Dan pointed out, uh, to me yesterday, closed loop is interoperative from the factory. So I started working on using the freak, m peripheral to try and measure the clock's actual frequency internal use only not brought out to the python layer we'll probably still switch back to getting the tc.count approach to work uh though the maths may still be adversely affected by the clock skew yeah um and then also in terms of adabot library patching uh requested changes made pr pending merge okay so i've got to look at that today as well um cool and uh that r- reminds me as well as if anybody is waiting for reviews from me in particular please ping me especially because i'm backlogged so um if i don't get it to you by the end of the day today just bug me and i will take a look at it um generally if if you try to get me to review something and i don't do it within 24 hours uh during the week or by the end of monday if it's after the weekend Uh, you have every right to heckle me and tell me I should review it because that is the kind of the guarantee I want to give in terms of um, review cycle time. So uh, SummerSoft, that applies to you as well. Okay. uh, Thank you, everybody. Let's move on to uh, discussion slash in the weeds. Um, That was status updates. And I'll take a time code... Um, discussion slash in the weeds Is a section where we can talk about um, Anything that came up I didn't hear anybody actually mention anything So I'm not sure if anybody Has anything they want to talk about um, I guess you know one thing I do just wanted to mention um, Was Pilot um, all of, We've been really good and we got Pilot running on all of our repos uh, And <laughs> uh but what we when we did that we did that where it just ins- automatically installs the latest pilot and they just released um pilot 2.0 very recently and it added some more checks and i know that most folks have run into that uh the theory with having something like pilot run is that like the code checked in is clean doesn't it doesn't cause errors and so the only errors that you have to deal with are your own uh, but in this case, where Python went from one, pylint went from one nine two to 2.0, uh, it introduced error er- or it caught new errors in the existing code, which is which is no fun. Um, so I think our goal going forwards is to uh, explicitly install a version of pylint um, and then only uh, only upgrade deliberately uh, when we can fix all of the existing error new errors. Um, so that's that's the goal.
4: Scott, on that, you know, one thing that happened to me that was a little frustrating, and that was that it—I didn't realize that pilot gets run again when you do a release. And so I had checked in a bunch of stuff, and it got all passed and accepted, and merged. Yeah. But then it sat for it sat for a while, you know, a couple of days, before I got on to trying to do a release. Yep. And all of a sudden, it failed all these tests. Yep. So, you know, just a heads up to people that if you it, don't, don't once you get it emerged, don't wait. <laughs> get it well, that before PyLink.
5: The,
0: <laughs> well, fixing fixing the version that we run pilot will also avoid that problem um, yeah. because what had happened to you is that you weren't trying to check new code in. You were actually just trying to rerun it and the, right. between those two, like the version had changed and therefore the checks had changed as well.
4: And, you know, it's frustrating. It is. I mean, the, the, the changes that it made were, were actually valid, just, right, you know, but, you know, they didn't hurt, but it's yeah. annoying to have to spend the time to go do another PR totally
0: yeah yeah that was my read on it too is that the the new things that it was calling out were good and they were valuable but it was happening at the wrong time uh basically like the new stuff we should when we update to pylint, we should be explicit in choosing to accept that those as valid uh critiques of the linter and then um and then we uh, should explicitly like fix the things before we upgrade to it. Uh, whereas we didn't, we didn't have that in this case. So uh, we still have some work to do, or I think Dan did some work already to, to fix it uh, to a particular version. So going, going yeah. forward, when you create new stuff, let's make sure that uh, the pilot version is fixed. Uh, and in fact, we could, if somebody wanted to add an AdaBot check for what version of pilot we were using, that would probably be good. Um, just as a way to make sure that all our repos are using the latest, but making it a manual step to to update them. Okay, uh, that was pilot. Are there any other things people want to talk about?
4: I had a question about NR52 roadmap, if, if, if that's a good time.
0: Uh, yeah, and then I saw Carter, and we'll do Carter next after that.
4: Yeah, go ahead. Oh, all right, I can wait. No, Jerry, go okay um i was just curious um you know right now it's for, you know, i know a, a lot of the development work is going on in the 52 840. the only board that's out there right now is the development kit yep and also i mean there are these little dongle boards i know i have a couple of them. these really cheap dongle boards which i assume that you know whenever somebody gets some time they might come online i think that'd be, that'd be kind of fun mm-hmm. um i don't know there's a plan for that that's one of the things i was curious about i think i think arturo's got it in his in his to-do list but you know low priority. But my real question was, what's the first Adafruit board that's going to support the 52-840? Do you know and do you have sort of a, you know, a general idea, you know, as to when it might hit the streets?
0: Um, I think I think feather is likely the first form factor. Uh, Lamar just talked about it a little bit. Um, so it'll likely be feather and the timing all depends on module availability. Because both the because the feather won't have a bare NRF fifty two chip on it, it'll actually be on a module. Um, So uh, that was like her feeling was that if the module's ready soon, then we'll release it soon. Um, But she did want to make sure that we had like kind of the same alpha state that we had with the Metro M four, where it's okay that it's super early, but we do want to have something that you can do on it <laughs> um before we release it so um i think it
4: yeah yeah the dk boards are great for working on now and and if these dongle boards do do get uh, a bsp for them they, they would be really great to be able to play with mm-hmm. in the meantime i was just curious so it looks like you know it's it's uh it's not not imminent but um it works
0: yeah i think um Arturo's been doing some great work along with TAC, uh, so I think that on the software side we'll be ready when the modules are are available. Uh, it's just a question of when the modules will be available, uh, in terms of when we'll actually get it like a feather. Um, for the for the dongle support, it doesn't like whenever somebody wants to add it, is I'm more than welcome to it. I should order some myself, but I haven't actually done that yet.
4: Yeah, on that topic, it, it says it has a DFU bootloader on it. So is that a generic term? So that if it says it does DFU, does that mean we ought to be able to talk to it with normal uh, effort?
0: Uh, DFU is kind of like a standard uh, USB bootloader sort of thing. Um, it's not uf 2 like we have, so it would be it no, would but, be different. But
4: but on the on the Feather fifty two on the fifty two eight thirty two. Right. They have a DFU bootloader yep. as well, yep. and I wanted. So, is that likely to be portable? The you know the the, kit, the same would it load the same way as that?
0: I would hope so, but I haven't tried it, so I don't know for sure.
4: All right. well, I, might, I might do some poking at it too. Then uh, I wasn't quite sure. Cool. Right,
0: thanks. Yeah, we're making great progress on NRF, so it's
4: exciting. Jerry,
5: you you have one of the dongles, right?
4: Sure. Yes, I do, and I actually have a. You know, if somebody needs one, I've got a spare.
5: Is that um, pad on the back meant for the um, SWD connector? The, yes, it is.
4: The... Okay. So you could put You could put a You could solder one of the SWDs on there as well. It looks okay. like, like from, from my reading of the it. mm. schematic and all. Nice. Um, but but if the VFU bootloader works, it may not be necessary.
5: Right. Right.
0: Cool. That's interesting. I didn't know it had that. Yep. Okay. Um, Carter.
2: You get? Mine was uh, purely kind of program related, O O in the Python, and just kind of wanting someone to sanity check my my way of doing this. This has come up a couple of times where I've been needing to add some members to a a uh, a drive class. Mm-hmm. So so let me put a little code snippet in here. Okay. And what is what is the Pythonic way
6: mm-hmm.
2: of kind of um future proofing your call to the super class when you just basically you know you want to make sure you call the supers init right and then do your and then do your new stuff so it's not the adding of the new stuff um, that i'm questioning it's kind of like that just that simple boilerplate of getting the call to the supers init out of the way how you can do that so that the either the parameters are generic or you know just kind of what is the best way to do that
0: Um, it depends. (laughs) Um, So maybe, I mean,
2: maybe that's it. Maybe there is no, just one answer.
0: One thing it depends on is that like some of, so I was thinking a lot about this when I was brainstorming for the Bluetooth API, where your subclass may actually want to be simpler in the arguments it takes in its constructor. So basically like in your, in your example, that first set of question marks may be shorter than the second set potentially. Right. Um, so in that case, you're really just kind of doing the basic thing of like the ones you want to pass through, you pass through, and the other, and the ones in the in the actual super call, you you may just provide defaults. Um, there is a way to wrap up keyword args so you can pass them into another thing, but I I kind of doubt that you want to do
2: that. Because I think I had done that a couple times. Like I had seen some examples where they were doing that, and I thought that was a way to kind of just you know, just kind of take in whatever gets passed in. Like if you didn't yep. want to change the, for the parameters of an net, right. so you could just you, you know, like keep s- saying kind of huge future proof, like say foo one changed. You right. wouldn't have to do anything in foo two. Right.
0: You could do star KW args and then star KW args in it. Right. Again. Right. It's so just basically is a
2: conduit. that just like sucks it in and passes it on. Right.
0: Yeah. You can do that. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a, I mean, it depends on where, what you're doing, but it may not be the right thing to do. Okay. um, Because you may want to
2: simplify it instead.
0: But in general,
2: is this kind of construct the kind of the most Pythonic way of calling super. Yeah. Calling super and also adding, adding things to the derived class. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That looks like the right form if you're needing more initialization stuff, but also want to call the parent one.
2: Okay. It's, it's incredibly hard to find like good conversations about, about this. <laughs> yeah. By just kind of Googling around, you find specifics about what to do, but not like, you know, best, best approaches and stuff. Right.
0: Um. Yeah. I think that looks right.
2: Okay. So I'm more or less on the right track. I think so. Thanks. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to sanity check my thinking on this.
0: Mm-hmm. Anybody else have feelings about that? I'm thinking of the place I've seen
4: this a bunch is in the, the devices that have both, you know, I2C and SPI interfaces on the same chip. Right. Is this used? Yeah. So the I'm just going back to look at some of the examples of how that was done.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's okay. Um, all right. Any Any other discussion topics folks have?
6: Me, okay. Go. Sorry. Um, we just released a new guide, Make It Plot, uh, part of our Make It series. Uh, it just gives you a really quick and dirty example of of writing uh, circuit Python code in the M- uh, Moo editor, and you pressing the plotter button, and boom, you have your your serial REPL data plotting um it's more for beginners but i just thought i'd mention it
0: awesome yeah those make it guides are really neat
6: i'm waiting for make it rain cryptocurrency but uh (laughs) that one's really hard yeah okay
0: it'll happen anyway
6: sorry i was gone earlier in the meeting but uh uh, working on insurance uh, with the car yeah. um, but everybody's doing a great job I really appreciate especially the community support we're really knocking out some some bugs and some features that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise
0: yeah totally great okay. and Thanks a lot. that's a great a great point to end the meeting um, everybody thank you for making it um, I know that uh, for some folks it's hard because it's during the work week but um, those of you who can, who can we really appreciate it um, for those of you just tuning in uh, uh, this happens every Monday at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on the adafruit discord voice channel uh, or server and the circuit python voice chat uh, if you're curious in joining in uh, you're more than welcome to uh, it happens every way well, I said when it happens uh, to join you can go on the Go to the URL, adafru.it slash Discord, and that will get you into our Discord chat. We'll be in the text chat basically um, all the time, uh, but we're in the voice chat only a, a few times. So, uh, yeah, join us there. And then uh, we have uh, this recorded along with a, a, a video of the text chat itself uh, available on our YouTube channel, youtube.com Adafruit. Uh, that happens every week. There's a playlist if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes. Um, in the description of that video, there's a link to uh, the notes, which include uh, time codes. So if you want to skip around you you can do that. Um, so thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll see you all next week.
5: Thanks, everyone.